news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Doing great. Oh, wow. Okay, so we're talking about one of my favorite, our favorite topics, marriage. Great topic. It's such a great topic, and this um, interview is on fire. Yes. <laughs> She's amazing. So she, um, Cheryl Scruggs has written the book, I Do Again, and it's um, their 30-year story of marriage, betrayal, infidelity, divorce, emotional damage, scarring, forgiveness, restoration, trust, and remarriage. All the same two people. All of that. Oh my. <laughs> Unbelievable. And oh, she's just incredible. The hope that her message gives you about marriage and the story, the stories that she just shares are unbelievable. But marriage is a sacred vow with one person and God. In this day and age, I don't know what's going on. What the heck, Adam? I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> luckily, we haven't had to go through all this. No, thankfully. And I will say, we talk to our kids a lot about what Brandon Bray taught us. And, you know, through the Chick-fil-A thing is, if you know your master, choose wisely on your mate and know your mission that the rest of life can be pretty easy. And thanks be to God that we love Jesus and we pursue each other so passionately and we love our jobs. So, we've gotten really lucky, but it's scary thinking about raising three children and seeing how the world tears marriage apart. What do you think the big factor is? Um, they don't have their master mate and mission. Um, I think there's so much value to that and knowing mm -hmm. kind of what you want, but the n number one thing is you got to have your master in place. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to have money, be your master, mm -hmm. all those other things. Yeah. Be your master and at work be your master. Right. But uh, but if you don't have Jesus running, running the show for you, yeah. it messes everything up. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a huge part of it. And I believe that the devil just wants to interrupt every marriage possible. And that selfishness is huge. Like when we got married, we were so naive too. Like I think about thank goodness we married right. But like, there's so much more in a marriage that you don't understand when you say your I do's, but it's that trusting in God as you move forward. And communication is so key, you know, putting each other's needs before each other and, or before yourself, putting the other one's needs and then choosing to fall in love every single day. Yeah, no doubt. And it, it, not to say it gets harder, it gets harder as we get older with kids mm -hmm. and being pulled in so mm -hmm. many different directions that you have to make sure you're giving up some of the things that, that you probably want to do 
right. um, to make sure that family comes first and yeah. our marriage comes even uh, number one before all these kids' activities that we're always chasing. Right. I would say, too, um, mentors have been really big for us. Our parents both are crazy for each other. And so both of us growing up in a home where marriage was a high priority and um, divorce was never, ever an option. I, my parents never spoke those words. I don't know if yours did, but it wasn't ever a topic or a, an out, like you are married forever. Um, now my, our parents were both really good to each other. So I know there's exceptions of infidelity that, you know, um, biblically that's something that I think you'd have to look at a counselor for and stuff. But, but as far as just like pursuing one another, babe, you're so good at pursuing me and making me feel like I'm number one. And I think that's a huge part of, uh, sacred marriages, knowing that your eyes are only for me. That gives me so much security. Yeah. And I think again, uh, all these years later, it's, it's fun to keep it fresh. And a couple of years ago, I got to surprise you with a trip to the Bahamas <laughs> yeah. and uh, just the two of us. Uh, we're used to chasing kids around and it's nice to get away and yeah. remember that uh, we're best friends and uh-huh. first things first. Yeah. I love that. You know, that trip was definitely one of those moments in my life that I was blown away. Like I actually wrote about it in the book that will be coming out. And I thought about, I'm not somebody that you can surprise. Like I kind of have it figured out. I thought, and you totally blew my socks away. And, um, and then all the things that you did that made that special were just reminders, not just of taking me on a trip, but how much you love me and cared for me. And I think that's huge. But then not only that, like it doesn't always have to be big trips. It's like coming home to see the kids at the kids, you know, activities, but coming to me first and giving me a hug or a kiss or greeting me or calling me throughout the day. Um, letting me know what's going on in your life at work, you know, those sort of everyday things continue to help us grow closer together instead of, um, what I think a lot of times happens is, you know, we get in our own day-to-day stuff in our world, but really our world together is ours, you know, instead of my work, your work, it's like, what's going on, you know? So I think that's huge too. What would be a piece of advice that you've learned through our marriage that you would happily share? Um, you know, I think the one thing that I think we've been very intentional with is surrounding ourselves with people that have good marriages and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, good families. And, and I think there's been a lot of friends that have kind of come and gone once we got to know them too Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, but really kind of getting really deep and friends with, uh, some of these folks that do have great marriages. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're surrounded by that, all yeah. the time that your friends have great marriages. Yeah. It uh, certainly motivates us and keeps, keeps us encouraged to make sure our marriage is, is sticking up to that I level. And, and, um, and we have, we've been blessed with living in a great neighborhood of great people that mm-hmm. have great marriages. Yeah. Yeah. We really have. And our friends, you know, for that matter. Um, and we enjoy doing things with other couples that really enjoy each other. And one of my things that I try to avoid is, when women talk bad about their spouse, that fires me up. Cause I'm like that. No, wait first. That's your best buddy. Like that's your best friend. And so 
if, if you're going to do that about your spouse, I bet you're going to do that about me too. And so, um, women and men too, that honor their spouse is, um, by just their words they speak or just wanting to be around them is huge for me. So, um, I love this, but her story, Cheryl, just, I love it because she lays it all out there, shares very honest stuff. Marriage is hard. It's, I mean, I'd say for us too, we've gone through things that have been hard. Um, but we've always continued to pursue each other with like an honest love. And I think that's big. And, um, we all make mistakes and she made a huge one in her marriage, but by putting God first again in their marriage, they were able to have amazing restoration. And now they're speaking all across, um, America telling people about their story so they could help save marriages. So I believe marriage is worth it. I believe that our kids deserve it. I believe we deserve it. And more than anything, it's what God called us to do. So let's pop over and listen to Cheryl Scruggs. Well, I am so excited to have Cheryl Scruggs on our show today. Cheryl, this is so exciting for me. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> I'm so excited to be uh, on. I'm, we, we just met um, like a week or two yeah. ago. Um, you were on, on my podcast and you're getting ready to air here pretty soon. Yay! So I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited too. And I knew, so first of all, when I was reading you know, about you and then learning about you and then getting to talk to you and share time on the phone, it's just been so special. And I've been waiting for this date because I believe so much in marriage and what you have gone through, what your family's gone through is amazing to me. And I'm like, only God, like, I, I just love <laughs> the way God has, um, pulled your story together. And so can you, Thank for you. those people who don't know you, can you share your story with us? Sure. I'll, I'll do, I'll do a really brief, um, <laughs> brief one, which is hard, but, um, cause there's so much to it. Right. But, um, I'll, I'll tell it very briefly okay. and then, um, you know, our whole stories in our book and all that. So, you know, there's all kinds of different things you can listen to, to get right. kind of, you know, everybody wants the details. Yes. <laughs> so, everybody wants the details. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, my husband and I, uh, first of all, we live in Dallas. We've been here almost 30 years, uh, raised our girls here. Um, they're almost 31 mm. and, um, yeah, we have one granddaughter and getting ready to have another granddaughter. <laughs> um, and they're both, they're here in Dallas. And then, uh, our daughter Lauren and her husband, Jason live in LA. And so, um, that's, we were there a lot. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, but anyway, we, um, we were married the first time in 1982 and people go the first time. I know mean? that's um, a big, yeah. that's a big word here. <laughs> yeah. So we were married in 1982. We met in Memphis. I was a senior in college. He was working uh, there. And um, I was actually a cocktail waitress at um, at a place. I was putting myself through college. And wow. um, it wasn't like this, uh, you know, kind of um, slutty place. It was actually <laughs> a really pretty classy place. Yeah. Um, and um, he came in one night and sat in my section and I was actually engaged at the time, which was wow. really interesting. Wow. But, you know, I, yeah, I, I uh, saw wa uh, Jeff walk in and I was like, who in the world is that? <laughs> and it was just one of those things um, that uh, I wasn't a Christian at the time. And it was, you know, now that I look back, I'm like, you know, God was really putting Jeff in my life, but I didn't realize, you know, God did all those things right. back yeah. then. But 
anyway, so he sat in my section and he flirted with me during the night. Uh, very classy. He wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, weird or anything. <laughs> um, and by the end of the night, he had asked me out and um, I was just really honest. I said, you know, honestly, I'm engaged and, you know, I've been dating this guy for two and a half years and blah, blah, blah. But deep down in me, I knew I wasn't going to marry this guy. I just didn't know how to, I wasn't very, uh, let's see, proficient, I guess, right. at, okay. at relationships. And so I <laughs> didn't really know how to, you know, get out of that. So yeah. anyway, I leave work that night. I called my mom. I said, mom, I met the guy I'm going to marry. Oh, and wow. She, yeah. It was, she, she like, said, wait what a second. What? <laughs> Yeah. She said, what about Scott? Cause we had just gone to tell my parents we were getting married. And oh my gosh. Yeah. And so anyway, um, you know, anyway, she said that. And so I was trying to like, forget about Jeff and that I had seen and met this guy. And so a week later he came back in and in that week time I had broken up with Scott and I realized, okay, this may be something that I'm supposed to do. I already knew I was supposed to do it. And so Jeff came in and um, he asked me out again and I said, yes. And Uh, so that, that started a dating relationship that lasted about a year. Um, And uh, Jeff got transferred to Los Angeles. And so it was kind of a rush thing. We, we got engaged, planned a wedding in two months. Um, Wow. Yeah. Moved to LA. My mom thought I was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, so we moved to L.A. uh, in uh, December of 1982 Mm -hmm. and we got out there and, you know, we were in our 20s. We had incredible jobs and careers and we had an ocean view home and we made a lot of money and it just looked like we had the perfect life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people called us Barbie and Ken and all this kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah. And so we, I can you know, see that you guys are so beautiful. So I can oh, see one thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. But thank you so much. But, you know, honestly, for me, about year two into the marriage, I was feeling very void um, mm. and alone and very lonely. And I wasn't really sure what to do that. I hadn't had a ton of dating experience. And mm-hmm. um, so I just thought, gosh, there's something wrong with me. Why can't I get it together? Um, I'm an oldest. So I'm very much a perfectionist. Right. Type a, so bl- kind of blaming myself for, wow, I mean, there's something going wrong here. I've got to figure it out. Yeah. And so um, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what to do about that. And I was hinting to Jeff, kind of, I mm. was, uh, you know, kind of doing the nonverbal uh, communication and I like, Hey, really I'm got... not feeling this marriage or like something's off yeah. with me. Yeah. Okay. No, no more. Just we're not close. Mm-hmm. And you know, what was kind of confusing about that is we had a lot of sex, but we mm-hmm. didn't connect at a heart level. So right. that's what I was finally realizing right. that we were emo- emotionally connected. Mm-hmm. So I was very fearful um, of going to Jeff. And now that I can look back, you know, this many years, um, almost 40 years now. Wow. 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 Uh, yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy. But um, just realizing that neither of us really knew how to connect emotionally. And mm-hmm. I was I knew that we weren't connecting, but I still didn't know how to do it. Right. And so that, that put me into a spot of blaming Jeff, um, for our relationship. But the, the crazy thing was we had a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, well maybe we are connecting and I'm right. just not 
you're missing it, it or something. Right. Yeah. But I crave deep conversation. Mm. Um, I would try to have deep conversation and, um, to Jeff's, um, you know, benefit growing up, he didn't really, he didn't connect with his mom emotionally. And so he didn't really know how to connect emotionally. And he would tell you that today. Right. Right. So long story short, um, six years into the marriage, I'm at a sales meeting and I started talking to a guy that I'd known for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, which then led to a full blown adulterous affair back in, uh, 1990. Wow. So, um, yeah. So and you had two actually... girls, the girls were born, right? Are you yes, at that point? I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. What, what I meant was eight years in okay. is when that happened. Six years in, we started, um, we had tried started to try to have kids and yeah. couldn't, we, we weren't getting pregnant. And I just never dreamed that that would be a part of yeah. our story. Just, just because my mom popped five kids out in seven years. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she like, figured it. Yeah. yeah. Now is, was yeah. that part of, so you're going through, I'm not feeling connected, but I still want kids with you. Like, was there anything like maybe this is not right or, or what were you thinking about the girls or was that, were they just two separate things about not connecting with my husband, but I still want to have kids. What was that? No, like? I actually, I actually connected it. I, okay. I thought maybe that was the answer uh -huh. that, yes. you know, it was time for time for us to have kids. And that was why I was feeling the way I was feeling. Right. And, okay. Um, so that was the next road we were going to go down. And, um, it, it turned out that, the first test that we had uh, was, they call it the tubal dye test, which mm -hmm. is actually called a histiocelcangiogram. Oh, wow. But um, they did that test on me and my tubes were blocked. So we knew immediately what was wrong Okay. and ended up going through in vitro um, back in 1987. And wow. got, we, it, yeah, it worked the first time. That's and we awesome. ended up having our girls um, mm. in 1988. So that was fine for a while. Like that was amazing. And, yes. um, but at the same time I thought, okay, that's filling the void a little right. bit. Uh -huh. Um, but soon after that, after kind of that, you know, kind of getting used to kids and all of that, I went right back to that lonely feeling in my marriage. So yeah. we weren't lonely regarding the kids, but right. we were lonely. I was lonely. You were um, lonely, you know, yeah. Mm. And, and to Jeff, he thought we had the perfect life. I mean, so he, he didn't see oblivious. anything. He was oblivious. Wow. Isn't that yeah. amazing that one person can feel totally isolated while the other person thinks everything's going great. That's a communication yeah. thing, right? Cause you, you said you were right. hinting around to it, but never verbally said like, I'm not connecting with you. Or did, did you say that? And you guys just didn't know what to do with that. Nope. I didn't say it. Okay. And, and one of the, and I'm going to, I want to say this because I think this is a huge thing for women is I was so fearful that to say the, just directly what was going on to Jeff, wow. um, because I thought one, he'd think I was weird Two, mm -hmm. I had him on a pedestal. So I basically idolized him. Right. And I didn't see, you know, as, outgoing and, um, positive and confident that I seemed cause I was super successful in my job. Right. Um, I actually, now that I look back all these years and everything, um, and have gone through some counseling for this, I was very insecure wow. uh, as a woman. Yeah. 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 And that has now a lot are to your do... parents married? 
They were. Yeah, they were. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they, they stayed married. My dad died nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nine years ago. Wow. 2010. Wow. Um, my mom's still alive and they did stay married. Um, they, they went through a lot of bumps mm-hmm. and, uh, my dad actually had an affair, uh, when he was in his fifties. Wow. Um, wow. yeah. So I never could see myself on that path. I was the responsible oldest, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Um, yeah. So I was so fearful. And what I would tell women today is if you're feeling some of these things, or there's things that are really just keep coming up in your heart, you know, figure out a way, either go to counseling with your husband or go to counseling yourself to mm-hmm. learn how to talk to him, but don't keep it to yourself. Cause what ended up happening for me is I was overwhelmed almost every day yeah. because I kept thinking, okay, today it's going to happen. Okay, tonight it's going to happen. Mm. I know we're going to connect soon. And I lived eight years like that. Wow. You know? Anticipating yeah. it might happen. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, in 1990, I ended up talking to this guy and I connected at a heart level very quickly. Um, and he was from Northern California and we all went home to our respective cities that next day. And you know, back then we didn't have cell phones right. or texting or email or anything like that. And so we started talking from landlines from our offices Wow! and that led to him coming to LA a month later. And we met at a hotel. This is how blatant it is. We met at a hotel and it became a full blown adulterous affair at that point. Wow. Jeff knew nothing. All so you were just is, so secretive about everything. Were you feeling well, was, guilt about this or were you, what was what was your mind thinking? Like I have two girls and a husband, but I'm desiring that. Like, what was your mind oh. thinking? Oh girl. I, I felt like I was living a duplicitous mm. life. I mean, I was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I was lying. I was doing all these things, but just doing, you know, being a mom, being mm-hmm. a wife, um, the girls were 16 months old for heaven's wow. sakes. Wow. And yeah. And so I, of guilt. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time, I felt a lot of anger towards Jeff. Wow. Okay. Cause I thought I would never be in this situation if he had just done ABC. So it was his fault right away. You felt like, yeah. 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 So when you were with this gentleman that you were having an affair with during that time, you were feeling guilt, like knowing I shouldn't be doing this, but connecting with them or just absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And that's what I mean by duplicitous yeah. because I could not wait to get to the office every day to talk to this guy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So were you and just then, going through the motions at home and Jeff? Yes. No clue. Okay. Well, I should say, yes, I was going through the motions at the same time. I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've come this far. Mm-hmm. I've got to figure out how to work on my marriage. Right. Um, so you still wanted I, to work on the marriage, although you, were you in love with this other person or you just, what, what were you well, thinking about that? Well, initially I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Initially it was purely an emotional connection, you know, and I, I say this because, um, what I'm going to say is yes, it became physical, but it wasn't about the physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this is kind of a weird thing to say, but actually I wasn't very attracted to him physically, mm. but it was the heart connection that was absolutely overwhelming for me. Wow. And I just was so hungry for it that I couldn't wait to get to deep conversation, which we went to very, very quickly. Yeah. So it was, um, 
so I felt two ways. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, did, (laughs) this is how I, I say this in quotes. Oh, did God bring my soulmate and I married the wrong guy? Uh Yeah. And so from April of 1990, just to give a timeline. So from April of 1990, which is when it became a full-blown adulterous affair to August of 1990, um, all we did was talk on the phone. We didn't meet up. We didn't do anything like that. But in April, when it, you know, all this timing is kind of crazy to me, but in April, when it became a full-blown affair, Jeff found out that month that we were moving to Dallas in August. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we moved here in, in August and I felt two ways. Mm -hmm. I felt, oh my gosh, hallelujah. I can get out of here. I can move to Dallas, start working on my marriage, get my life together, get my head together. Yes. You know, what am I doing? Like, I was just like overwhelmed by what I was doing. Um, and so at the same time, so I tried to ignore that I was missing the emotional connection. Mm -hmm. So I ignored it for a while. Um, but then I started calling this guy from here, um, because I, I missed that those conversations. Right. Um, yeah. And he could, he, he was, it was so weird to me, but like, we never saw each other, but he got my heart. Uh Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I just crave that all the time. I'm, I'm serious. And if you ever talk to anyone that has had an affair or is in the middle of one, a lot of times what they say is it feels like a drug to me. Wow. And yeah, that's how I felt. Mm. Um, yeah. And so by, let's see. So Jeff wanted, he was, he, I had told him in April of 90 before he told me about Dallas, he said, is everything okay? And I said, you know, Jeff, honestly, I don't love you. And I don't think I ever have. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he was like, what are you talking about? Wow. So he he, sensed something wasn't right, but didn't know what it was. Well, I had to be, you know, I'm very easy to read. Yeah. And so he probably was like, something's wrong. Like, you know, and we were still having sex and we were still doing life. And Jeff and I never fought. I mean, So it wasn't like we had this tumultuous relationship and, you know, he's figuring out that something's wrong. Right. He just could sense. Yeah. Um, and I told him, no, there was nothing mm-hmm. wrong. And um, so when I said that to him, he was like, what? Mm. Like, anyway, so we tried to go to counseling. My heart wasn't in it. Because what you have to remember is this was year two that this started and what I call emotionally divorcing my husband. And right. this is now year eight. So for wow. six years, yeah. I had been in this spot and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse for me. So by 1990, I was super hard hearted Yeah, and I didn't want to have anything to do with this marriage anymore, but I just didn't know. I mean, I didn't want my family broken up. I had never considered divorce. Right. Just, it, I mean, it, anyway, it was just like, what? Anyway, yeah. I was yeah. Very, very confused. Very confused. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Mm. So we got here. I started missing the, that connection, started calling him from here uh, I was believing everything that this guy said. Mm-hmm. He was saying things like he could be a better husband, a better father to my girls, um, all this kind of stuff. So we'll trying to lure life. you and, and your girls, that's, that's kind of a scary right. thing that he's saying that too. It, exactly. Wow. And what was so bad for me is that I literally could not um, recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I see the deception now uh-huh. very clearly, of course, right. but I couldn't see it it then. 
So that led to me uh, filing for divorce in 1991, and it took a year for the, the divorce to be final. And we were divorced in August of 1992. And Jeff did not still know of this, or did he find out? Did you get caught or n- none nope. of that? None of that. Wow. He asked me a couple times if there was someone else and I lied. I said no. Yeah. And my, my biggest, this is another point uh, that I want to bring up because I think it's important, is I was so afraid that if I told him the truth, mm-hmm. um, that he would take my kids from yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize like, I mean, by law, you can't do that. Unless, right. You know, unless somebody's like an alcoholic or drug right. addict or something. Right. But, right. You didn't I, know. I didn't know. Right. You know, I had, I had never been around divorce in my life. Yeah. Um, and so I wish I had told him that's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm not sure where we would have gone from there, but I, I feel like if I could just have said I wanted to. Right. And there were there were times I had I was ready mm-hmm. and then I just couldn't, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we divorced and the cool thing is when we got to Dallas, um, so from a spiritual side, um, I grew up in the Catholic faith. Jeff grew up in what he would consider a legalistic Baptist okay. uh, home. And so when we met, we didn't talk about God at all yeah, or our spirituality or anything like that. So when we got to Dallas, we actually started going to church for the first time in our marriage. And yeah, what was happening there is God uh, was really pricking my heart and I was hearing the gospel for the first time. Mm -hmm. Although at that point I didn't know that it was the gospel. Right. Um, But it caused me to be super curious about the Bible and God and Jesus. And I had never heard, yeah, I had never heard of a relationship with Christ. Yeah. Um, So this was all new to me, but it still didn't uh, affect my hard heart. Right. Right. (laughs) I I was still like, I want to be with this other guy. By this point, I felt like I was in love with him. Yes. Um, and so I still went down that path, but soon after we divorced, um, Jeff found out about the affair and the way he found out is he came to get the girls at my house and this guy was at my house Oh wow! and he, he was in for the weekend and he saw him and recognized him from, you know, my work, work. from LA and, uh-huh. and said, he put it all together. Wow. Wow. And, yeah. Oh. And so was we, that a relief you know, I, to you to be like, now he knows or no? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he actually thought I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can, I can yeah. see. Right. Well, I you mean, were living a double life. And so yes. you probably did appear crazy. You know, you're trying to say yeah. one thing to one person and you know, so that's, that's really interesting. So he put it all together and realizing yeah. this was probably the reason your marriage crumbled. Right. Yeah. So he was super angry. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, right. So that like didn't help things at all. Right. We didn't like fight about it or anything. It was just that he was like, oh my gosh, like almost throwing me to the curb type yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh my gosh. And, and so, um, but what was cool at that point in time, so this is the fall of 1992, um, Jeff stayed at the church that we had been going to and I started going to a different church mm-hmm. and I was there every week and I was hearing the gospel over and over and over. And I was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I finally finally realized that a huge missing piece to our marriage was the spiritual depth of it. Yes. 
And I became a Jesus follower. I was saved in October of 1992, which was two months after our divorce was fun. Wow. Wow. But it was as great as that was. um, I could see the devastation I'd left Mm -hmm. in my, in my, in my wake, basically. Yeah. And so my eyes were open. It was, and the way I describe it, Sarah is, it was like a Damascus road experience for me. And literally the scales came off and I already knew morally what I was doing wrong, but when it came to biblical and understanding the Bible and what God had planned. Right. Yeah. And what the Bible says about relationships, marriage, sex, the whole Mm -hmm. nine yards. um, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, Jeff and I didn't do it right. Wow. Good for you. Isn't it amazing when Jesus enters, how everything changes when Jesus becomes part of your life? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was overwhelming and I couldn't get enough of the Bible. I was 33 years old at the time. Mm. Um, could, I had women loving on me that were my age. I didn't understand that. And that was like, I've never had this. this What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And so the, the truth of the matter, though, was that Jeff and I still didn't have an emotional connection in our mm. marriage. So that was a problem that we had. Right. Um, so that still was a, a reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. But what God did with me, and this is a, a really long story, very, very short, but soon after I became a Jesus follower, um, God put me on a path to restore the marriage and, um, you know, I was scared. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what? Like, I, I was like, uh, <laughs> right. first I said, God, I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Cause did you not then, desire it? You kind of felt like, okay, I've made this mistake. Now I can move forward. You didn't want to go back. Were you thinking you well, could, or did I you want that? Honest, well, honestly, deep in my heart, I wanted that, but I was so scared of the loneliness that I had right. in that in that first marriage, uh-huh. I, cause I was literally like, I mean, it was so hard. I, I wasn't depressed or anything. I would just felt like I cannot do this kind of relationship. Right. I, I've got to have, you know, so I was scared of that, but God started to reveal to me that he had, ha- he had a plan from the beginning that the spiritual part of our relationship was missing, um, that he wanted to give us another chance. Wow. And so I went to Jeff six months after our divorce was final. I had written him a 16 page letter, um, read it to him. And at the very end, I said, um, Jeff, I've become a a Christian Mm. and I really feel like God wants us to restore our marriage and reconcile. And he looked at me and he said, (laughs) you've got to be kidding. (laughs) Wow. Wow. He said, and he said, don't, he said, don't ever talk to me about that ever again oh because he was was, so hurt he tried yes yeah and he he tried and he was doing everything he could to keep it together and he couldn't figure out what was going on and he's like you so now you want to try right like right he's like forget it yes so yeah so basically um I kind of thought because I was such a an infant as far as like being a Christian I was like oh maybe that wasn't God you know like yeah so basically what happened over the next five years was that God kept me on this path of learning to um, be obedient to God, to understand who God was, 
you know, being in the scriptures, learning about biblical marriage, mm-hmm. learning how to be a, a Christian woman. Wow. Um, and so those five years I was pursuing reconciliation and Jeff was like, no, 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 no. For There's five no years, he said, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, were you guys finally, at that time doing family stuff? Like, cause you have these sweet girls. Are you parent co-parenting and doing all that stuff? Or was it a hard, was his hard heart hardened? No. Okay. No. No, we did parenting really well. Okay. We co-parented really well. We did nothing together as a family. Yeah. Though. Okay. Yeah. He didn't want any part of that. And so I started to invite him over for dinner, probably in the middle of year five. And he said, no, 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 for like a year. Yeah. And then what I didn't know is that God had put men in his life to speak to him. And Jeff was um, really... Um, he, he had become a Christian as a young boy, yeah. but he felt like he finally owned his own faith yes. in those five years. Um, and, and really would tell you that's probably when he became a Christian. Right. Um, right. And so because of that, he was, God was really working on his heart. And, um, I didn't know that though, because right. Jeff wasn't telling, telling me that stuff. And so eventually, um, you know, he started accepting invitations over to my house for dinner And I was like, gosh, maybe God's doing something. And (laughs) so anyway, long story short, we dated, I call it dated as a family. We dated as a family for about a year. Wow. And then uh, Jeff started asking me out on dates, um, just he and I. Wow. And that was huge. So that was year six. Huge, yes. Yeah. Wow. And we didn't tell the girls initially because we were like, you know, all we need to do is rock their world again. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so we did that for about six months, uh, like when they would go to friends and stuff like that. And then eventually we got to a place where it was six and a half years in and I'm like, God, (laughs) I don't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Right. Tell me what you were feeling at this time. The emotional, was that there now? Or you feel, were you in love with him or were you still going through the motions, hoping it was going to happen? Both. Okay. Both. Yeah. So I, the reality is I never fell out of love with Jeff. Um, the other thing was that I could see the adulterous affair as so much deception and all of that, that I was able to break that off early on in yeah. that six and a half years period. Um, and then uh, I was still scared because we weren't, I mean, we were kind of spending time, but we weren't like seeing each other every day or anything. Right. Or if we were, we were always with the kids. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't a huge opportunity to connect emotionally. Um, but we were doing, a, you know, we were doing a little bit, but it, you know, Sarah, it became an obedience issue. Yeah. Um, it almost became, I'm supposed to be obedient to God before I even worry about the emotional connection. Right. Because God was really laying on my heart. This is not about you, Cheryl. Mm. This is about me and what I can do in your relationship. So good. Um, And so God gave me, you know, a couple scriptures, but one of them was huge on obedience. And Mm. that was Deuteronomy eight, one through 10. And it talks about, it says, um, do you obey all the commands I'm giving you this day Mm. that I may um, take you through the wilderness, these 40 years to test you and see where your heart is. Wow. And so that, you know, six and a half years so far was a wilderness period. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, 
And, and it says, um, but I am bringing you into a good land. Mm-hmm. And what God showed me then is the land meant a new marriage. Yeah. And, and, and then it describes the land in Deuteronomy eight um, and just, you know, flowing waters and figs mm-hmm. and pomegranates. And it's very rich. Yes. And so I was laying, you know, my life on obedience rather than what I was expecting to get. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so it, you know, if you think about in, in Exodus uh, 13, it talks about uh, God's um, wilderness experience for Israel. And mm-hmm. what it says is that God took Israel the long way around to the Red Sea <laughs> in the wilderness. Yes. He didn't take, he didn't take them the short the shortcut. Way, yeah. Which he could have just gone straight to the Red Sea. Exactly. But but what he wanted them to do is learn and um, experience him and be obedient to him. And so he was testing them. Wow. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, a big comparison there, um, you know, which is really cool. But anyway, so six and a half years in, you know, I'm still human. So I was right. just like, God, you know, I am exhausted. Mm-hmm. And is there any way that I could ask Jeff what he's waiting on? Because I was just like, what, yeah. we've been seeing each other, you know, we've kind of put ourselves in front of the kids by now and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was so tethered to the Lord that I was trying to listen to everything before I would take a step. And I felt like God was very clear and it was okay for me to ask Jeff that. Yeah, and so I said, I said, Jeff, you know, um, what, what else do you need to know? What, what are you waiting mm-hmm. on? And Jeff looked at me and he said, how do I know you're not going to do the same thing? That was my question. Yes. So he asked that right away. Yeah. 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 And I was like, man, that, you know, that's so legitimate. Mm -hmm. And so I prayed really uh, silently right then. I'm like, God, I don't even know how to answer this question Mm -hmm. because I didn't expect to have an affair in the first place. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And so God gave me the perfect words and the words were, um, Jeff, this isn't about you. Uh, Mm -hmm. this is not even about our marriage. This is about God. Mm -hmm. And I never want to disappoint my God again. Yeah. And when I said that to him, that is when it turned the corner and we were actually remarried three months later. Wow. Remarried. Yeah. Was he on that same spiritual? Cause it seems like you were so tethered to Jesus. Was he as well as he was walking with these men, you know, and that's one huge thing is who we surround ourselves with, you know, can either bring us life or just tear us down. So these men, did you feel like he was spiritually just chasing Jesus as well at this time? Yes. Yeah. But he was petrified. He was petrified. (laughs) Right. And I get, I get that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had hurt him so badly with no explanation Mm -hmm. really. Right. And so he was, he was really scared, but what ended up happening somewhere between, you know, four or five, six years in, um, he was realizing that he played a part in the failure of our marriage. Mm-hmm. And so that's when both of us were like, Hey, I, I was, I, I had this part of it. You had this part of it. We can actually make this work. Right. And so that's when we got remarried and We've been remarried almost 20 years this this year. Wow. What a testament to what God can do when we put away our selfish ways and allow God to enter in. Because do you feel like that's, you are so focused on your feelings and not God that, that it just gets everything off course. 
you know? Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Wow. What a story. Okay. So one of my big questions, because I am a huge fan of marriage and I I thought it was interesting that you said, I don't, we don't have to go in the story, but that your dad was unfaithful. Can you tell Uh me like, what was, when that happened, did that wreck your world? Or do you feel like, because there's sometimes, you know, in families, there's cycles. Well, they, this is a family that divorces. This is a family, you know, I've known people that have been unfaithful to their spouse and it's in their line of their family. Do you think, is that some, a pattern that you see? Um, you know, I didn't at the time, uh, but I know a lot more now. Yeah. Uh, So on my dad's side, there was a lot of adultery, um, a lot of womanizing stuff like that. Um, my parents, um, they struggled in their marriage to a degree. Mm -hmm. So I I knew that already. Um, and so, you know, I just, you know, without going into detail and and all of that, but uh, there was, you know, there was a period of time that they were really disconnected. Right. And so it wasn't a surprise to me, Mm -hmm. um, or Jeff and my dad, I'm, since I'm the oldest, my dad, shared that with Jeff and I, what was yeah. going on. Okay. Um, and so I, you know, it's really interesting. I, I didn't judge my dad. Um, I was really, and I, I can't even believe I was this mature <laughs> <laughs> at whatever age I was 25 yeah. or something, 26, yeah. um, that, you know, I was trying to understand him rather than be judging right. of him. Right. Because, you know, an affair it's as horrible as it is, uh, what Jeff and I talk about a lot is that an affair is a symptom of things that aren't going so well in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't give anyone license to have an affair because I'll tell you, it's the worst road to walk down. Right. Um, oh, I can't even imagine. People, yeah. People think it's so awesome. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. just sit down with me for like five yes. minutes. I'll tell, yes. you, tell you why it's not. Right. But anyway, so, you know, I didn't see... I, I, yes, there was a pattern there. And then I don't know so much about my mom's side. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You don't know. Um, I think that's yeah. interesting. So, um, let me ask you another question. What do you think the biggest problem today in is for marriages? Cause I see just marriage being hard around me and it scares yeah. me because I'm thinking, you know, one, we're supposed to be committed three of us, God and our spouse and ourself, you know, that, thing. Right. but, but there's marriages breaking up. There's infidelity. There's all sorts of things going on. Um, the devil is just trying to rip these marriages apart. What's the biggest problem that you see? Yeah. Um, a couple, uh, mm-hmm. one of them, and you know, Jeff and I are biblical marriage counselors right. now, and that's what we've been doing for the last, um, gosh, 18 years or so, but, uh, communication is huge. Yeah. Okay. Um, Secondly, though, you know, God has an order for things mm-hmm. um, and God's order for marriage is God first in your life and collectively. So Jesus in your own hearts and then Jesus collectively as a couple. Yeah. Um, second is your spouse. Mm-hmm. Third is children. Yeah. Fourth is extended family and five is work. Yeah. And so when you get that out of order, your life is going to feel really chaotic and one of the things that we hear a lot is, gosh, everything's so chaotic, yes. you know, or we're busy. Uh-huh. We, blah, blah, blah. Yes. we don't have, t- we don't have time for each other, all that stuff. So a couple things, communication for sure. Secondly, you've got to be intentional about your relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I say intentional, I'm talking about, you have to be intentional spiritually. 
you have to be intentional emotionally. So that means conversation, digging into each other's heart. If you don't know how, because I know there's going to be lots of people listening, like, well, I don't even know how to do that. Right. Yes. And then it's okay to ask for wisdom or yeah. get counseling or, you know, do, do that kind of thing. Um, you need to be intentional physically. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is intentional, non-sexual, yeah. physical, and sexual. Yeah. So the sexual life goes out the window sometimes once kids come along. Right. And I can't emphasize this enough of how important your sex life is. Yeah. And we call it making love. So, you know, it's fine to have fun sex. That's not, not an issue, but you also want to have the combination of that just for fun. Mm-hmm. And then also where you're making love to each other, mm-hmm. that God is co-mingling your bodies and your souls. Mm-hmm. And so you know, that is a big issue yeah. today. Yeah. Um, I see lots and lots of young women that tell me I don't have a sex drive. Yeah. And I think, I think to myself, okay, there's some lack of connection going on here. Right. That's yeah. my, that's my first thought. Um, you know, and I'll just say this very bluntly. And like you said on your, I know, <laughs> I'm like, ah. <laughs> right. But, um, but you know, Jeff and I have a better sex life today mm-hmm. than we've ever had. Yeah. And I'm 60 years old and he's 61. Mm-hmm. And so good for you guys. That, yeah. But it's key though. Mm, it is it's key. Yeah. And God created it for yes, procreation, but also because he knew that we were going to drift from each other mm-hmm. and yeah. we've got to have something that's the only thing that can bring us the closest mm-hmm. is that. Yeah. And so we have to take that seriously. Yeah. Um, now, what yeah. do you say to the woman that potentially has been cheated on and she's like, yeah. Ah, I, the last thing I want to do, like, this is where I see the problem. The last thing she wants to do is be close to her husband that way because he, or, or vice versa, the woman has a stray and, but but then the more you hold out, the worse it gets, you know, I just, there's a bad cycle that happens. So what do you say to somebody that's kind of trapped right there? Well, you know, when that happens, um, there's a huge uh, healing process, which Mm -hmm. starts with grieving. Okay. Um, And so that, I mean, that's a, that's a, an isolated uh, circumstance in itself, Mm -hmm. that whole picture of someone um, having an affair. So you've got to go through the cycle and that is um, there's real hurt. um, You know, we're not telling somebody, okay, you've been cheated on. So have sex every day. We're we're not doing that. We've got to get to a place of um, understanding number one, why it happened, um, grieving the situation. Mm -hmm. So first it's usually denial that, oh my gosh, this didn't really happen to anger, Mm -hmm. which is very real. um, And then bargaining and then acceptance. But that, that doesn't just go from denial to acceptance right in a straight line there's a process <laughs> okay. right right there's, there's a process and so you know that's that's kind of a, a really situation by situation mm-hmm. uh, depending on what it is yeah um and so i'm not i'm not really speaking to someone right. in that yeah. yeah. So I just want you okay. to know that. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we have to go, but I mean, I could talk to you for hours because I just believe so much in the power of marriage and your story and how, like I said, when Jesus entered in, everything changed for you. And so, you know, to have that biblical marriage and for you and Jeff to be speaking out to so many of us that need to hear your story 
to know mm-hmm. one, the traps that the devil has for us and to be alert. Yeah. And if you are listening and you are stuck in a situation similar to Cheryl's or, um, or, you know, are feeling hurt or, you know, anything you have resources for, you have so many resources, which is so good. So can you tell our listeners how they can reach you and find you and get more information to help their marriages? Yeah. Okay. So let's start with, uh, we do have a book. It's called I do again. It's Mm. basically our story. Um, a lot of people resonate with it just because there's so many examples that one of the biggest comments we get is, you're reading my mail. Oh, like, this wow. Is, this is, wow. This is where I'm at. And yeah. thank you so much kind of thing. Um, we're on I Am Second, our stories mm-hmm. there. Uh, our website is hopeformarriages.com. Um, and so you can go on there. There's plenty of videos to listen to on there. Um, Jeff and I are uh, biblical counselors. Like I said, we are based here in Dallas, mm-hmm. but we do virtual counseling all over the United States but also across the seas too. Wow. So we had so some, good. Uh, you know, appointments from London and Australia I and love that. all kinds of yes. fun stuff. So we, we do offer that. And, um, you know, what's interesting about our, our, our biblical counseling is we'd see couples, couple mm-hmm. to couple, but yeah. we also, Jeff sees men. I will never see a man by myself. Yeah. Um, and Jeff and I see women, so we don't just do all marriage. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a combination there. Um, let's see. I have a podcast. For yeah. Women. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's been fun. around for a year and a half and Sarah is get, getting ready to yes, be on the podcast. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's called thriving beyond belief mm, and that's, that's at thriving beyond belief.com. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as handles, IG and all of that, um, my it's at Cheryl Scruggs and that's C H E R Y L S C R U G G S. And mm. what I want to say about that is I love hearing from people. Um, so I'm not opposed to anyone direct messaging me yeah. or anything. Our goal here is to help as many people as possible um, in, in their marriages and really help the divorce rate go down. Yes, please. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I love that. I cannot thank you enough for your time. And I mean, just because I love talking to you, we're going to have to do this again because I okay. know that you are reaching mm-hmm. so many people. So Cheryl, thank you for your story, your honesty, and thank you for pointing us to Jesus. I just appreciate you so much. Sarah, thanks for having oh. me on. You are absolutely precious. And I'm super excited to meet you. One of these yes. in person. Yes, I will be <laughs> in Dallas. We, we have a lunch date whenever I come to Dallas. <laughs> Thank okay, you so cool. much, Cheryl. Talk to you later. Okay. okay, okay bye-bye. Hey, it's Sarah Noose. And I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.